Theology Thursday live. I was preempted by the governor. Um, yeah, they keep using the word people are, they said people are panicked. Um, I originally wanted to title this, was it Peace, Providence, Prayer, and Panic? Um, I'm going to retitle it Peace, Providence, and Prayer. Um, <laughs> people has lost their minds. It's, uh, I posted one thing earlier that said, um, if the virus doesn't get us, it's going to be the, this, the greed and fear and stupidity of people. It's just, um, people not watching out for them, people watching out for themselves. And so here's what we're going to talk about, because I don't want to just talk about the virus. Goodness gracious. If, uh, friend that was in um, rehab from drugs for a while and um, he said here was the problem not the rehab the rehab's a good thing he said but here was the problem um, he said whenever we have um, sessions and stuff or we get together he says all we ever talk about is the addiction all we ever talk about is the drug he said I want to get my mind off of it and that's all anybody wants to talk about is it the the thing and so I don't want to add to that but what I'd like to do um, you know sort of see there's lots of people talking about lots of things, and everywhere you go, people are talking about this and that, and people try to, um, you know, alleviate some of the anxiety from it through through jokes and things like that. And I don't give people too hard time about that, and I'm guilty of it myself, you know. So we're not trying to make, I don't think we should make light of it, but you know, you have to handle things in in different ways and. Um, recognizing the seriousness of it without walking in fear. So the first thing I want to talk about is, one, um, God is in control. Now we're going to talk about that a little bit because um, that's an important thing. But um, So let's just start with that. The sovereignty of God over all things. Um, Heidelberg Catechism, written in 1563. The very first question, I'm going to read the first two questions and answers. Um, it's a Reformed Catechism, uh, Evangelical Faith. It says, what is your only comfort in life and death? And the answer is, um, that I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He has fully paid for all my sins with his precious blood and has set me free from all the power of the devil. He also preserves me in such a way that without the will of my heavenly Father, not a hair from my head can fall. Indeed, all things must work together for my salvation. Therefore, by his Holy Spirit, he has assured me of eternal life and makes me heartily willing and ready from now on to live for him. And then the second question says, um, What do you need to know in order to live and die in the joy of this comfort? First, how great my sins and misery are. Second, how I am delivered from all my sins and misery. And third, how I am to be thankful to God for such a deliverance. So that is our comfort in this life. Um, Let's see. Oh, yeah, the Ligonier Conference. They always do that that live stream. I can't. It says see more. I'm trying to see more. Do you know that the live stream, Ligonier, okay, this I saw they put something this morning, too. Here's the link. It is so good. Almost as good as the... 
Okay, it's good. <laughs> All right, yeah, good. Yeah, so, um, yeah, see that link that Mary put down there? Um, if you're just listening to this on our podcast later, you won't see that. But um, if you Google Ligonier, L-I-G-O-N-I-E-R, you'll probably get it. There's Ligonier, Pennsylvania is what it's named after. But uh, Ligonier Ministries, and uh, you get some good, you know, especially if you're 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 at home and not having to work like everybody in my family. Um, so, you know, be in prayer for all these people. But God is in control. Here's a cool, my pastor friend, Rick Clayton, po- posted this, copied it from somewhere. Well, they copied it from Ecclesiastes 7.14, which says, In the day of prosperity be joyful, and in the day of adversity consider. God has made the one as well as the other. So, this is the sovereignty of God. God is in control. I think I might have swiped away all the... Oh, here we go. So God is in control, and that's a good thing. Um, so the question is, then, what does that mean for God to be in control? Does that mean that, um, so when you say that, uh, and I've got notes here. I wanted to kind of follow my, so let's just stick with my, well, I'm going to jump ahead, because this is the thing, and I actually I may have had this as, anyway, evangelism. Um, I'll tell you what, I have never found it more easy to have spiritual conversations than I have this week. Um, the ability to share the gospel, um, the word of Christ with people has been exponentially more simple. And you can do it at the grocery store. Because, I mean, I walk into the grocery store and you'll see somebody, I've seen somebody just staring at the empty shelves, you know, like, and really, I don't think they're like, oh, no, what are we going to do? I think it's more like, unbelievable, unbelievable. And they're maybe thinking, all right, what do I do now? <laughs> you know, I need this. Do I need this? What do I not need? And just to walk past and just say, you know, isn't it good to know that God is in control? And you say it like that, you know, and it's, isn't it good to know that God is in control? And then I've had different people go, hallelujah, God's in control. And I've had other people kind of go, you know, well, my wife is a hoarder, so this has worked out good. It's like, that's awesome. Isn't it good in the providence of God that he foresaw these things that would happen and he provided you out of his good grace? Even if you guys aren't Christians, by his common grace, he has provided um, the sun to shine on the righteous as well as the wicked. And he loves um, the world in such a way that he provides everything for us, including his son, Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if I go into all that detail immediately with somebody, um, but as the Spirit leads and... Um, it's just the, the the good news of Jesus Christ. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. So we got to be careful. Uh, most of the times, what we do as believers, I say most of the time, I always say that kind of thing. But a lot of times, what people do as believers are platitudes, or um, let's see, what, what do you call the other word? Because I was going to do the that Bible, the cliche Bible. It's it's soft, and you throw it at people. It's uh, you know all these Christian cliches uh, that that um, you know got to get rid of the dead wood. Um, these different things that we say to people that aren't really scripture. So we got to make sure that we you know if you if you're in the Word more and more, and you start to even memorize some of the Word more and more, what ends up happening is you're able to spread. Um, the word of God to people so that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of Christ, not just hearing, hearing your personal testimony, which is not bad either, but to be able to say, you know, 
um, the peace is a peace that surpasses understanding. You know, what do you have to be peaceful about? What are you talking about? Well, it's a peace that surpasses understandings. You know, it's like you guard your heart and your mind, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Um, and sometimes you can have this conversation if you say, you know, isn't it good that God's in control or something like that? And, um, and then a person, you know, I say, hallelujah. And then you have this conversation that other people are listening to. And um, as they overhear the gospel, the, the overflow of the spirit in your life where, you know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of peace. It is you having your feet shod with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Beautiful are feet of those upon the mountains who bring the good news. You know, this is what, what we have. We're not saying, and also, I despise and abhor and pronounce as anathema the prosperity gospel. Get rid of it. If you listen to those people, I don't know if you have influence on them, tell them to read the Bible, all of it. Don't get me started, because this is a problem. Because we need to have a proper understanding of what the Bible teaches about earthly condition okay there's blessing to be found in the lord there's blessing to be found in christ but whether i live or whether i die it's all to christ and we can honor god in our sickness we can honor god in our health and susan says yes god is in control and he will use this for his good and that's the bible says that we don't have to just say that she's being scriptural all things work together all things what things all things what about bad things all things all things work together for the good of those who love god and are called according to his purpose even the most awful awful things you can think of and you want to say yes and they'll say well that doesn't sound right really so you would prefer that evil things tend to just toward evil throughout all of eternity like this is just all going to cause worse and worse things to happen we don't we don't know everything god knows it comes down to do you trust god or not if god's in control that is not a good thing if he's not a good god and if he's not an all-powerful god he's not in control so we're assuming the all-powerful nature of god and all christians will say well i believe okay not all christians see there i go again these big generalities God is in control. Does he send things or does he merely allow things? Well, do what you may with that. Read the Bible and, and see what it says. But here's the thing. If he can allow it, he may as well have sent it. If he can stop it, he may as well have sent it. This virus, this thing, all things um, are used by God. Uh, maybe it's, uh, and, and Satan wants to use this. Um, there are certainly where our battle is not against flesh and blood or viruses, but spiritual forces in the cosmic places. This is a this is a spiritual attack on the on um on the church on the on the world. The, the, I mean, Satan has the world in his clutches. He doesn't send this kind of thing to to try to get the country to to send more. I mean, man, prosperity takes care of that, which is the prosperity gospel thing. Just be so crazy. Prosperity takes care of that. Um, poverty takes care of that. The problem with mankind isn't an economic problem. The problem with mankind is a heart problem, is a sin problem. You're born in sin. That's why the only thing that takes care of this in any economic system, uh, in any governmental system, is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which will flourish in the midst of a people who God is preparing to hear these things. And when we're living in the midst of, I mean, there is just anxiety out there. There is just, you know, you can feel it. It is weird, you know? I mean, it's like the hurricane has been, you know, it's coming, it's on the way. And, you know, I've talked before, it's like the difference between a tornado and a hurricane. Like a tornado is like, 
warning, duck, hi, you need to go now. It's like, and so most people live their lives like they're going to get that kind of warning about their, their um, death. But instead, um, we get like these hurricane warnings. It's coming, but we're still like, yeah, but there's a cone of uncertainty and it might go here and it might go there and people don't really know and then how bad will it be and, and all these things. And um, thank you, Ken. And um, I don't know. Let me just say this too. In the midst of all this, this is where the church shines. I mean, it's like you've got to think of other people as more important than yourself. You have to have that peace that surpasses understanding. You have to have the desire and the true sense of um, thinking of other people as more important than yourself. Um, that you know, you just have. You're an anchor. You know, you're you're just the type of person that's just able to bring just a little bit of peace. Um, the peace of God, that you're you're the aroma of Christ in these things. It takes practice. This is this is gonna be a time when some people's faith are strengthened and some people's faiths are shaken and some people's faiths are um are in, increased or produced for the first time, the Spirit of God using um these things. So we're gonna look at a, a few things in the Bible, since we're talking about the Bible. Um the second thing, so God's in control, and um that's gonna underlie everything that I'm talking about here, but we're looking at, um, secondly, God is a God of peace. So if you look at Philippians, and I'm using my phone app here because it's, it's quicker, and I have to lick my fingers to turn the pages. Um, Philippians 4, 4, right? So Philippians 4, 4, um, it just starts like this. Rejoice in the Lord always. What? Why? So, okay, again, I'll say it. Rejoice. All right. So, the Bible also says, because we let the Bible interpret the Bible. Oh, did I put the wrong date on it? Thank you, Kyle. So, what is the day? The, see, why are you distract? No, the 19th. All right, whatever. I can't keep up. <laughs> I'm in too much anxiety and pressure in my life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Okay, always. So, um, mourn with those who mourn, uh, re weep with those who weep, rejoice with those who re rejoice. So you don't want to go around, you know, being, you know, somebody's pet dies or something. You don't just go laughing and chipper the whole time. But but there is this underlying, what do we have to be thankful for? Well, yeah, what? Okay, what does? <laughs> Seeing, yeah, it's just, uh, there we are to rejoice always. That you have this thing within you that's like bigger than this. And and I mean, you know, Jack Miller has this thing. He says, um, "Cheer up, you are a lot worse than you think you are." But God's grace is far greater than we ever imagined. And so I'm thinking along similar lines. Don't take this the wrong way. And I don't know if this is what we want to run out there shouting to everybody, but something's going to get you. I mean, you're not getting out of this alive. And until God is done with us, we are not dying, okay? God may kill us with a virus, with this virus. God may kill us from somebody not paying attention to the road because they're watching this. I don't know. Um, but what are you doing with the time you have? I mean, that's the thing. I mean, make the most of your time, for the days are evil, the Bible says. Um, teach us to number our days. This is this is a good reminder. Uh, you know, we can rejoice and be thankful that people are actually now thinking about, um, you know, we're going to talk about this, functional guides. 
like, uh, I don't know if you remember the movie War of the Worlds, um, H.G. Wells, and it was this whole thing on the radio and stuff, and people were in a panic because they thought it was real, and, um, and so they make a movie out of it. And it's really a good movie, but uh, the, the original one. So at the end, um, you know, these aliens are just going to wipe everybody out, and what are we going to do? And their technology is so much greater than ours. And then it was the cold virus that got them, you know, and it shows their, their hand at the end. <laughs> And it dies because you know, and then it says something to the effect. You know, I wish I thought of this before I got on here because there's, there's a the line at the close. If somebody wants to Google it and post it on here, there's a there's a the, the speech at the very end. The narrator does something about God had placed in His providence on this earth tiny microbes that were able to protect us from this alien invader. So it's interesting. Um, we live in a cursed world. Um, the day you eat, you shall surely die, and. Um, so God has um, created viruses. I mean, just think about the times when people had no idea. Uh, Louis Pasteur was um, mocked over the fact of suggesting that there were these little tiny microscopic animals that lived in your blood that caused um, disease and things. Yeah, Thomas, I mean, you got to look. See, these things. It says, see more. It's times like this, look to Jesus. Okay, see more. <laughs> Let me read something. Joy, Jesus, others, yourself, in that order. No, sorry, read it wrong. Jesus, others, yourself, in that order. Cool, I like that. Think of others as more important than yourselves. Put others before yourself. And he's one of our deacons. And that's a, a servant attitude is what we need to have. Philippians 4.4, 4, again, rejoice always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be made known to everyone. The Lord's at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Anxious, anxiety, oh, no, this panicked type thing. But in everything, so that means even in the midst of this, by prayer and supplication, it's just, you know, prayer and supplication is asking for things and petitioning God for things. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So with thanksgiving. So even in the midst of this, what are we thankful for? And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Because that's what we need. We need our hearts and our minds guarded. Um, you might get sick. That happens. Even faithful, faithful Christians get sick and die of disease. It is not an indication of your lack of faith. It is not an indication of these things. If you are in Christ, you are loved by Him, and nothing happens that doesn't pass through the filter of His love. All these things work together for the good, and you are to be thankful. The whole book of Job, we recognize this. Um, you know, he was a righteous man, and therefore God had him tested by Satan to teach us lessons. So who knows? Why is this man blind, Jesus? Was it because of something he did or his parents? It's like, no. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, they thought, surely. He's like, no, it's not. It's so that the that I can perform this miracle today, and people are going to know who I am. That was the reason for it. Um, there could have been other reasons for it. Okay, but um, the the issue is not whether or not we will get sick, but if we're well, we praise God for it. And why do we get well and not somebody else? You know, grace of God, and and um, and that doesn't negate um, taking um, wise practices. To, you know, social distancing. Who came up with that word, by the way? I want somebody needs to get credit for it. <laughs> it's like social distancing. I haven't heard that before. Um, our church, by the way, has been preparing for this. This is my little joke. For about ever since I've been here, it's like we have a large building, large sanctuary, few people, and you can't get them to sit next to each other. It's like we're ready, we're prepared for this. It's, it's like you know, um, but you be put not the Lord thy God to the test. 
then you know it's and that's what you must be careful of doing um if you think you know i'm only i'll live as long as god wants me to live so i'll jump out in front of this truck it's like and if he wants me to live i'll live if he wants me to die i'll die it's like well you know it's a pretty good indication the providence of god has ordained it in such a way that you're going to die by jumping in front of a truck don't be foolish um god has given us a mind a brain a spirit of reasonableness um um, and tell people and be educated, be smart. This is, um, you know, the, the the world has an image of Christians as being foolish homophobes. And it's like, goodness, no, we're not. We're God created wisdom. <laughs> you know, this is God's wisdom. Um, so anyway, and then also about church and going to church. Let me just say that it's like I uh, see I can't stop touching I have desanitized and I don't know I'm usually pretty good about that kind of thing anyway but um, uh, it's like church going to church is it and so many people are like you know did not let this virus stop me or the governor stop me um, you know and if you've read any of my posts I do have a few problems with you know governmental power and stuff too but yeah it's neither here nor there in this and look at this in a second too but um you know, if it my example is if there was an ice storm, and I live in the south, man, they okay, it's going to snow, and it always snows on a Sunday here. I don't know what the deal is, but it's like I don't know. It's like you know, I mean, nice all week, and you look at it's like shores of the world Sunday morning. We're going to snow. We got to decide whether they have church or not. And so what we, what we typically say is don't get out if it's going to put you in danger. Don't drive to church. And, and most people will say, I can't drive in the ice. So I, And it's like, well, wait a minute, because I hear arguments online about pastors and churches who are like, we can't be stopped from worshiping. It's like, well, you do when it snows in the south, you know, so you're, you, you have enough experience with that sort of a problem to know that if you drive down the road in the ice storm, you're going to get in a wreck and you should have just stayed at home um and you don't want to put people at risk trying to get to church you know so that's on us it's like i could get to a lot of pastors live right next door it's like and you can go hey i'm at church anybody else wants to come come and then a lot of people are like challenge you know i'm challenged i need to go or i'm in sin if i don't and so you know you can just cause people to have wrecks on the road so is it going to be a nice storm you know let's Let's be wise about these things and, and maybe not get out and we'll do something online. Um, we'll know in a week or two where this thing goes. But God is in control. This is not catching God. God's already here. God's already in our future. God is, all this does not catch him off guard. And the way we deal with it says a lot about what we believe. So that's important. But we have a God who is a God of peace. 2 Corinthians 5.8. Okay. 2 Corinthians Five, eight, two, four, five, ten to eight. Good. All right. So, um, and we'll go back to start at five, six. All right. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we are at home in the body, that's where we are now, we're away from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's important for these things too. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. I don't know too many people today that are out there saying that. I mean, I don't know I'm necessarily. I wish I had so much more faith that I could just say, you know, I mean, I would, and I do believe this, but just being able to say, 
to be absent from body and present with the Lord, and I'd rather be present with the Lord. It's going to be so much better. And we say it when somebody dies, they're in a better place. Yeah, okay, what about you? So you're, you know, are you willing, what if this kills you? What if you have to go and minister to somebody who might have this? Frank just popped in for a minute. Frank, stay a second. Because I remember Frank saying something about, it's like, and I wish I could remember what it was, but something about being absent from body and present with the Lord. It's like almost like, you know, suicidal, you know, can you, what would that make a person think, therefore I need to end my life? And it's like, so we had this really good discussion about that. And it's just like, no, because you want to do what the Lord calls you to do. You want to be able to um, serve the Lord in all of his things. Yeah, Frank, I'll listen to you. Now and then. Um, all right, let's see. So this is 2 Corinthians 5. We're good courage. You know, while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord. We walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we're good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. So self-murder, stuff like that, is not pleasing to Him. So we do what we do. We walk with joy. We walk with peace. We share the Lord. We do the things we're to do. And then there's the don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as is the habit of some. <laughs> so we find ourselves, again, snowstorm, ice storm, storm, um, you know, it's a it's a it's an interesting time where you have to be wise. You don't put people. At, if this were to be the way the world is going to be for the indefinite period of time, then I don't know. I saw my neighbors next door. I have a picture of them in their hazmat suits um, and, and doing gardening. And it's like it's not hazmat suits though; it's bee suits. But it did look like that. You know, they got the whole thing. They do bees, and it's like. Um, they figured out how to care for bees. They just put suits on. And I don't know. Maybe there's a... We used to wear robes. Maybe we get Christians... To, I don't know. But somehow, you know, it's this is important. That you don't just say it's not important that we go to church. Um, I don't... I think it's important that um, the Lord... We're, we're a body and we're united spiritually, but it's a physical union too. And God gives us physical elements, baptism, Lord's Supper. Those are physical elements um, to be shared together. You don't just do that at home by yourself either. So we're not going to be able to partake of the of the Lord's Supper together. We're not going to be able to experience baptisms together. Um, there's going to be some things that we're not able to do in the short term. I mean, if, if, it, if we were shut down because of a snowstorm in the south, We'd just be, well, that's the way that is. But, you know, it's just a virus that's going to, like, be very awful for a lot of people. It's like, eh, well, we need to really go to church anyway. It's like, <laughs> all right, you know, so use wisdom with these things and think these things through. Um, so whether we seek to please him, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So you're going to appear before, you know, it's appointed a man once to die and after this face judgment. So, um, you know, be ready to preach the word in season, and this is in season, or out of season. There is going to come a time possibly when you try to speak the word of Christ and you will be persecuted. Possibly, and there are people like they can't even share their faith now in this world because they'll be killed. They'll be locked up. This is not the time for us. Now is the time... And this may be the last shot we have at it. I don't know. And for some people, it will be. If some people are, and, and it's not just this that's going to kill people. People, this is the season to be able to speak peace. This is the season to be able to quote scripture. This is the season to be able to tell people that, you know, God is in control and I'm at peace. And it is good that he is. And he has provided a way of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. This is how he loved the world. He sent his son into the world. You know, he's entered into our 
or he's experienced anxieties. He experienced problems that would produce this in a person and a human, and and he's experienced all these things, tempted by Satan. And one of the ways he was tempted was by throw yourself off the temple. You know, so you can prove to the world, let's do a little prosperity gospel here and, and you let everybody will be watching. What's Jesus doing up there? Oh, he's going to jump and his angels come and they drop him down. It's like, look there. You were able to achieve a kingdom in worldly ways without a cross. It's like, well, he says, put not the, the um, Lord thy God to the test. All right, so that's kind of third point and fourth point. <laughs> the actual points I had is God's in control, one. Two, God's a God of peace. Three, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So we have to speak these things. And then um, fourth, wisdom, not to put Lord thy God to the test. And let's look at this real quick, Romans fourteen seven. So we're going to Romans fourteen seven. 7. Um, none of us lives to himself. None of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. If we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, to this final purpose, Christ died and lived again that he might be both Lord of the dead and of the living. So, you know, God's in control. God is our Lord. God is our Savior. Um, He's given us great wisdom. The beginning of wisdom is a fear of the Lord. Um, so, okay, here we go. Fifth one. I only have two more points. Fifth one is serve. So, Romans chapter 12, verse 1. All right. Um, I appeal to you. I'm going to read this kind of. I'm in the ESV. I'm going to read it a little bit quickly because I want to read. Well, where are we at? 12? Okay, here we go. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of God is, what's good, acceptable, and perfect. So we need to be able to do that. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. So God assigns a certain measure of faith to us. For as in one body we have many members. It's talking about the church. You have you know, many body parts, members. Um, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, so we have a lot of Christians. And we're in one body, have a lot of churches. But they're all one body in Christ. And then individually we're members of one another. That's important too. Um, not just individual Christians and individual churches, but churches connected to churches spiritually through Christ our head, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So that's important. We're supposed to be using our gifts in this time. You've been given gifts. You've been given the ability to do things. Use those where you are, when you are. You're living for such a time as this in a place assigned to you by God with people who are around you assigned to you by God and you use those gifts. If it's service, then you serve. If it's prophecy, then you prophesy. I mean, speak the words of God in proportion to your faith. If you're a teacher, then you teach. If you exhort, then you do serve in your exhortation. If you're the one who contributes, then do it in generosity. 
Oh yeah, let me mention this. <laughs> Support local businesses. Man, people are, uh, don't panic. People are in a panic about money. And we're going to look at this in just a second too. Um, how are we going to survive? How are we going to get through this? We're going to get through this and you'll get through this together. And as Christians, we'll get through this stronger. But you don't just, you, you take care of your, your family. You take care of your church. And you take care of your community. And it's in that order. And um, as God gives you gifts to be able to do these things other thing is support your church um this is gonna be difficult uh, we go and i'm we're not the only church but we're week to week i mean i don't know people look at a building or something and they go you know they must have a lot of money in the bank it's like we don't <laughs> some churches do but we don't i mean we're and a lot of churches don't i mean you may be surprised how week to week churches are and so man if nobody gave one sunday i mean there's sundays where we're like all right maybe if we get enough next week we'll be able to pay you know it's week to week like like a lot of people um so make sure you're giving to your church if you don't go to church give to a church find a church nearby that you know is good and you can give to them i could sinfully say you know go ahead and give to our church which we do have paypal on our website secondstreetpres.org <laughs> it will be fine I mean, we're not worried about it but it's like but the people of god have a responsibility to to give um it's an act of worship so make sure you take care of that you can mail a check and go online thank you john for being a light of the world to those who know all bless your heart all right um i need to say this too is i love my church i love i mean we've gone through hard times and stuff and I, it's not just my church here my church people in, in andrews people in manning people in um i don't know where dylan people it's like i've met people um all over the place and all the different places I've lived that are just there's they become a intimate part of your family of your life and stuff and it's just cool people who I don't know I just it's and it's times like this where you just you don't know and sometimes this will be the first time people seeing the body of Christ really come together to do things and I think it's even even beyond just doing service activity for your community I mean that's good too but I mean secular organizations can do that but the, there's a there's an intimate loving care that the church can do in a way um, that that surpasses understanding that so anyway so you serve one another um, the one who leads you do it with zeal the one who acts who does acts of mercy you do it with cheerfulness. So, you know, to do these things are cheerfulness. And it can get hard. Pray for our service providers. If this gets bad, then, you know, hospitals, people that work in hospitals, nurses, um, first responders. This is going to be hard. So, um, you know, pray for them and that, you know, and see how we can seek to provide for them too. Um, all right, me, um, let's see. Let's keep going a minute. So skip to... Um, Verse thir chapter 13, Romans 13. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities. All right, so, you know, the government says, um, you know, don't gather in certain size things. Okay, it doesn't seem to be aimed just at the church. Um, then do it. You know, the, does, does the church, secular government have the authority to tell the church they can't meet? Eh, no. <laughs> but they do have authority over individual Christians to tell them they can't drive a car, or, you know, stuff like this. Here's the thing. And listen to what it says. This is what the Word of God says about government. And so everybody wants to go to, well, what if you're living in Hitler's Germany? You're not. So let's just deal with this where we are now. Let every person be subject to the governing authorities because there's no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. 
Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. So if you have a government that's doing the opposite, the government's saying, you know, it's good to kill babies, then you have to go, no. Um, you know, if you send your doctor and you have to do it, you have to say, no, there comes a time for resistance, but this isn't what we're talking about. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have to, no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what's good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant, King James used the word minister, for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is a servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Therefore, one must be in subjection not only to avoid God's wrath, but also for the sake of conscience. For the same reason you also pay taxes, and they've given us an extension apparently. Um, so, you know, you pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are due, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honor to whom honor is owed. Owe nothing to anything except to love one another, for the one who loves one another has fulfilled the laws. So, um, the law of God, the commandments. So the last thing I want to talk about is worship, because I believe what what we've done in this country is our, we have functional gods, um, things that we um, lavish all our praise and attention on. Um, the things that we depend on for our well-being and happiness. And uh, a lot of it's government. I mean, we are a nanny state. We are, people have, one of the things people, and, and, and today it's also quite, people love to bash the church at every possible, and it's not, and it's Christians who like to do it the most, so be careful and make sure you do it. But one of the things I've heard, you know, over and over again is the state does all this stuff, giving money to people and doing all these programs because the church wasn't doing their job. I think it's a lie. I think the church was doing her job, and then the state kicks in and starts doing the church's job, and we can't compete with that. It's like some, if you're in a very poor country, and a wealthy country like America comes in and starts just pouring money into this one church, and that church isn't preaching the gospel. Um, the other churches in the area that are preaching the gospel but have no money, they can't compete with that. How are we supposed to compete with the government? How do you compete with that? The government has made it perfectly acceptable for a lot of people to live in a ditch and to give money to people indiscriminately um, without thought of, you know, is this the best way to minister to people? And then, I mean, people call the church and ask for money, and if I give any indication that um, we're not going to do that, then I've been cussed out on the phone. And typically, I, I don't even like to answer the phone here a lot of times because it's either somebody trying to sell me something or ask me for money. And, and we've tried to do the best we can to support ministries and to go to people's houses and stuff, but um, the, we can't compete with the government's ability to be able to um, just... Here, here, here. Do you think the church, that's what we were supposed to be doing? No. All right. Here we go. Last point. Worship. So let's go to Judges. Old Testament, chapter 10. Uh, we talked about this last night with a small group of believers, and I'm going to keep it much shorter here because i got to wrap this up. Um, Judges, chapter 10, verse 6. The people of Israel again did what was evil inside of the Lord. They served the Baals. These are demonic powers over these areas. And the Ashtaroth, the gods of Syria, the gods of Sidon, the gods of Moab, the gods of Amath, um, the Ammonites, the gods of the Philistines. <laughs> so they're worshiping all these gods, these foreign demonic powers. And they forsook the Lord and did not serve him. So 
And now think about, you know, how have we done this? So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of the Philistines and into the hand of the Ammonites. And they were crushed and oppressed. Um, the people of Israel were crushed and oppressed that year. So for 18 years they oppressed all the people of Israel who were beyond the Jordan in the land of the Amorites, which is in Gilead. And the Ammonites crossed the Jordan to fight also against Judah and against Benjamin, against the house of Ephraim. So the house of Israel was severely distressed. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord, We have sinned against you, because we have forsaken our God and served the Baals, these demonic powers. Um, and so the Lord said to the people of Israel, Did I not save you from the Egyptians, and from the Amorites, and from the Ammonites, and from the Philistines, and from the Sidonians also, and the Amalekites, and the Maonites oppressed you, and you cried out to me, and I saved you out of their hand? So you hear that, and so you would expect the next thing to be, So I'll save you from this too. Don't worry, I'll save you from this too. But that's not what we hear here. He says, yet you have forsaken me. I've done all this for you, and you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will save you no more. Go and cry out to the gods whom you've chosen. Let them save you in the time of your distress. All right, so that's something to think about. So as we're preaching the gospel, we're going to recognize that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, if our culture, country, people, non-believers, or even believers have been forsaking God and crying out to other gods to save them. You know, who do we depend on? What do we most depend on to save us? Then all of a sudden we find ourselves, wait a minute, the government can't help. Uh, my family can't help. My children can't help. Nobody can help. And I'm like, okay, what? and now I'm in anxiety. I don't know what to do. God, oh God, God, save me, save me. And he's like, I'm, you know, why don't you cry out to your God to save you? And sometimes God will sit back and allow these things to happen. Um, but what they did was, they said, we have sinned. So they confess sin. Do to us whatever seems good to you. Only deliver us this day. So I was like, <laughs> I love that. So do, what, do whatever you think needs to be done. But if you don't mind saving us today, we'd appreciate it. <laughs> it's like, all right. So they're not quite to where they need to be yet, but God's at work with them. So they put away the foreign gods from among them, and they served the Lord. And he became impatient over the misery of Israel, which I think means that he starts to not like the misery that his people are seeing. So he does things to enable the church to be able to recognize where they put false hope and to fix our faith in things. Yeah, everything, everything else is temporary. Absolutely everything is temporary. But right now counts forever too. So yeah, we got to have the right way of looking at these things. So then um, real quick, Jeremiah 2. This is the last place I'm going. So remember that. Cry out to your guides. And Jeremiah 2, 1. All right. The word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah. Go and proclaim in the hearing of Jerusalem and say this. I remember the devotion of your youth, your love as a bride, and how you followed me in the wilderness, um, in a land not sown. Israel was holy to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. All who ate it incurred guilt. Disaster came upon them and declares the Lord. So, you know, you're supposed to be the blessing of God and you became a curse. Hear the word of the Lord, O house of Israel, and all the clans of the house of Israel. Thus says the Lord, what wrong did your fathers find in me that they went far from me? And I think as a, just as a church in our culture, think of this, you know, have we, have we left the Lord in some way and become lukewarm or cold. And they went after worthlessness and became worthless. 
They did not say, where's the Lord who brought us up from the land of Egypt, who led us in the wilderness in a land of deserts and pits and land of drought and deep darkness and a land where none passes through, where no man dwells, and I brought you into a plentiful land. America is a plentiful land to enjoy its fruits and its good things. But when you came in, you defiled my land and made my heritage an abomination. The priest did not say, where's the Lord? So, you know, we need to be seeing these things. Those who handle the law did not know me. So we would say today that preachers who don't know the Bible, they're handling the Bible. Shame on them. The shepherds, pastors again, that we can say for today, they transgressed against me. They prophesied, prophet, and prophet, the prophets prophesied by Satan, by Baal, and went after things that do not profit. Therefore, I still contend with you, declares the Lord, and with your children's children I will contend. For cr cross to the coast of Cyprus and see the... Um, um, 11. Has a nation changed its guides, even though they are no guides? But my people have changed their glory for that which does not profit. Be appalled, O heavens, at this. Be shocked and be utterly desolate, declares the Lord. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and they have hewed out cisterns, these little wells that hold water for themselves, but they're broken cisterns that can hold no water. So you've abandoned Christ and you're setting up things on your own that you think are going to help you. Is Israel a slave? Is he a homebound, a homeborn servant? Why then has he become a prey? Let me skip forward to um, the end here. Um, verse 19. Your evil will chastise you, and your apostasy will reprove you. Know and see that it is evil and bitter for you to forsake the Lord your God. The fear of me is not in you, declares the Lord God of hosts. For long ago I broke your yoke and burst your bonds, but you said I will not serve. So he saved you, but then you're not following the guide. You're not following God. Verse 22. Though you wash yourself with lye and use much soap, the stain of your guilt is still before me, declares the Lord. I mean, how, can you, how can you say I'm not unclean? You've gone after the bales. Look at your way in the valley, what you've done, a restless young camel running here and there. Um, let's see. A thief is slammed. Hold on, let me just get to the end here. I don't have time to read all this stuff. Um, you say to a tree, you're my father, and a stone you gave me birth, for they have turned their back to me and not their face. So be careful. Turn your face to the Lord. In the time of trouble, they say, Arise and save us. So here they are crying out to God. But where are your gods that you made for yourself? Let them arise if they can save you in the time of trouble. Where are your gods? I mean, that's what he's saying again. Where are your gods? So this is for the church, though. Um, make sure our God's the God of the, of, of the Bible, the, the one true God. Um, if you've had functional gods, God's going to take them from you. But here's the thing. Remember the first part of all this stuff our witness before the watching world is. It's okay. I mean, what if it gets you? You know, so serve well during this. Rejoice well. Weep with those. Understand people who are anxious. Be with, help them to process this. Be the, the peaceful part of their life that maybe it's the only one that, that they have but because you know your guide but that's key you have to have god as your guide and not these other things because that's going to drive you crazy who knows what the future holds god knows and god's there and so no matter what we're in in this life um we serve the lord that's what you do um so do it i think you guys you guys are examples to me and they're touching my face and um 
So the, the fields are widened to harvest. Pray to the Lord of the harvest and workers into the fields. Just go out there and just, you know, help somebody. Do something for somebody. And when you do it, say, I do this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, blessings upon you. Something like that. But just go overboard with this stuff in a good way. Not promote, not calling people to repent of sin at this particular point. And that may happen in a conversation. But helping them to know that God is the church is among them that God has sent His Son that, that that you can see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So, and that's what we're called to do, and that's what we're called to be the light. Um, this will be my after dinner Bible study for this evening. <laughs> Good. All right. Anyway, um, pray for you know how to pray, and it's it, it, actually we don't even know how to pray as we ought in this time. But the Spirit of God prays for us with groanings too deep for words. And so that's pretty cool. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of God, the Father, interceding for us. So God prays for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? God is in control of every single thing to down to the molecular level that we don't even know about yet. This virus is not out of God's control. Doesn't mean it might not kill us, okay? But that's in God's control too. But for those who are in Christ... Is better to be absent from the body. Um, the hard part is going to be when your body's in pain and you're breathing hard. It's like that's when you know, pray and you know. So I pray that we would all experience peace. I pray that no matter what we have to walk through in the future here, that we do it with wisdom. We would do it in, with grace. We would do it in faith. And um, even if we we get to the point that we we lose it for a while, Lord, that, that we you you hold us, you pull us back, you. You surround us with your angels, your spirits. You surround us with the people of God um, in such a way that we know we're loved by you and that we've not forsaken. You will not leave nor forsake us. So we thank you. All right. Blessings upon you. Um, we'll continue to be in prayer. And no maverick molecule in the universe. That's right. R.C. Sproul. Thank you, guys. All right. Blessings. <laughs>